This is the Einstein Simplified Alternative Alternative podcast. podcast. Yes, because, well, I'll explain. I'll, I'm Frank Murphy. I'll be your host for this episode. Megan Jones is on my left and right because she's directly across from me. No clockwise, counterclockwise business with the Alternative Podcast. Right. Because <laughs> in a regular Einstein Simplified podcast, you can expect to hear about video games. Yes. Um, comic books. Comic books. Sci-fi movies. Superheroes. Uh, cosplay. Yes. Uh, co- something con. <laughs> something con. Con anything. Yeah. Chattacon. Uh, Dragon, Dragon con, con. Comic con. Yeah. All the cons. All the cons. Right. We're pro. They're pro con. Yeah. We're, yes. we're con pro. We're con. Yes, exactly. No, wait, no. We're, we're, we're con con. That's what we are. <laughs> so we're going to dance the sense. con con. <laughs> yes. Well, anyways, the point is we, uh, there's a, there was a gap. Aaron was ill and he normally uh, provides all of the hosting duties and the recording capabilities for the Einstein Simplified mainstream podcast. So here in the Einstein Simplified alternative podcast, it's just Megan and me. Yeah. And we're going to talk about things that are alternative to Einstein Simplified, which in the rest of the world would be considered mainstream. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect way to put that. (laughs) Because I mean... Here's the perfect example. Here's why I came up with this. We were having a practice session with some new potential members of Einstein Simplified. And you were in the the audience, if you will, and you gave a suggestion to um, the kids who were up on stage. Kids. You know, the... the They're kids. To me, they are. <laughs> to me, you're To me, kid. they're starting to be kids. <laughs> <laughs> and your suggestion was something about um, she needs to buy something expensive to impress the her mother-in-law. future mother-in-law. Right. Okay, so that was a, it's a great suggestion, except I completely outed you and said, wait a minute, wasn't that the plot of the movie that was on Hallmark Channel the night before? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I busted you. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, okay, I'm okay knowing that that was the plot of a, of a Hallmark Channel movie. How did you know that was the plot? Of oh. a Hallmark Channel movie. Well, see, I think my TV is broken because oh, is it? Okay. Uh, yeah. for yeah, the yeah. weeks leading up to Valentine's Day, apparently it gets nothing but Hallmark Channel. But Hallmark Channel. Channel. I have or to I say. Or I can wrestle the remote away from my wife. That's the other the other alternative. Smart man keeping it on Hallmark Channel. <laughs> but I have to say, they have done, I don't know if you tuned in at all during Christmas, and I'm sure, I don't know if any of our listeners out there tuned into the Hallmark Channel during Christmas. <laughs> well, this is the alternative podcast, which is mainstream. Yes, yeah, so you have it's pos- totally. Yes, it's possible. Right. Uh, they nailed the Christmas movies. They did. They did. Well, I thought it was Lifetime or ABC Family that had all the Christmas movies. ABC Family doesn't have as many of their original Christmas movies. Oh. They'll air like the Jim Carrey's The yeah, Grinch okay. and those kind of. All right. You know, Christmas Vacation, whatever. Hallmark Channel did all original movies. Okay. This year, they did one every. They premiered a new movie every. Saturday night. Get out of here. That's a feat for a channel like Hallmark that can't, that doesn't, I say, compete with your normal, you know, primetime channels, even Lifetime. So that's a month's worth probably, right? That's four, at least four, maybe five new movies. And then for the whole month of February, they've been doing uh, Valentine related love Movies. What was the one where the lady wakes up every day and it's her wedding day over again until she realizes? <laughs> yes, it's called I Do, I Do, I Do. <laughs> or how do you know that? <laughs> because I watched it. And okay, so Frank, here's a question. Why is that formula so popular? I mean, obviously the there's- Groundhog gra- The Groundhog Day formula? Yes, there's obviously Groundhog's Day. But then it seems to come back to haunt us with cheesy Christmas movies, holiday movies. Okay, well Why before, because I'm old, I will tell you this. <laughs> Before Groundhog Day, um, 
people would rip off either uh, a Christmas carol right. with the ghosts kind of idea. They would be blatant about it. Uh, or they would rip off the idea of It's a Wonderful Life. Okay. okay. Basically, you know, if you hadn't been born or if you hadn't done something, right. what's the alternative universe? Okay, so Groundhog Day and these ones that have come since then mm-hmm. take it to a different twist. It's you're going to – you've made a mistake and now you have to figure out what that mistake was. So you get all these chances. Until you until fix you a mistake. Right. And that's and it's fascinating because it's sort of like time travel. Yes. You know, because you keep going back to the beginning of that day and you can but, – but you have the memory of right. what you did. Of, you know you're aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's it. So think about really, it's a redemption story. You know, every one of us would love to go back and do have a do over, have a do over. And I do, I do, I do, I do do over. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what? There's got to be something in your life you may think, if only I had. Well, my so done my a instead of b. My favorite one that's been done in that premise is the one. Um, it was it was a Lifetime Christmas movie, and it starred um, Nicole Eggert that used to be on Baywatch. Baywatch. She falls in, she's like a housewife and she realizes that she never, that maybe she should have married another guy and she would have been like in a different class. A oh, different, really? Yes. That she might've had like a, I don't know, a more fulfilled life. And she falls into her dryer <laughs> and wakes up. Her dryer? Dryer. She's doing laundry. How do you fall into she your dryer? Fa- I, I, they're front I loading. I know they're for, they're all front loaders. I don't know. She Is fell there- into her dryer somehow Wakes up and she's in this like swanky New York apartment with the husband that maybe she thought she should have married. So if that's not a premise for a movie, that's insane. <laughs> Hot tub time machine is more plausible, <laughs> right? Than, than falling into than the falling dryer. Into your dryer. Okay, so while we're talking about this, I saw. So Oscars are coming up, obviously. Yeah. On February twenty second, in fact, two weekends away. Mm-hmm. Depending yeah. on when you're listening to this podcast. Well, yeah, it's still going to be February 22nd either way. Right, exactly. Sunday night, So hopefully ABC. you didn't miss it if you're listening to this list. Yeah. <laughs> so Don't I stress saw, over that part. So I saw American Sniper. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, saw it actually Monday night. Yeah. And first of all, Bradley Cooper, you forget it's Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It that's is. that's a good. definition of acting. Yes. If he, lose, I, if he loses himself in the character. Right. I was afraid I would just see Bra- a beefed up Bradley Cooper. You forget it's Bradley Cooper, in my uh-huh. opinion. But there's a guy that plays his uh, an army buddy of his in the movie that played the Craigslist killer in Lifetime's movie, The Craigslist Killer. <laughs> and so you're distracted the whole time. I, I'm like, that? oh my gosh, that's the guy that played Philip Markoff, who was the Craigslist killer that happened up in the Boston Medical School student. That, yeah. Oh, so know. it's a true story. Oh yes, it's, yeah. The I Craigslist killer was it. a true story. Okay. Yeah, he was a, a medical student in Boston University. And would meet women through Craigslist, invite them to a hotel, and then he killed two of two of the victims, or Ooh. killed one, and yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I was honestly just his name is uh, what is his name now? His name is Jake McDormand, great actor. Be looking for him in future Oscar. <laughs> well, did he lose himself in the films. role, or were you looking at the Craigslist killer the whole time? Well, you were watching I recognized him. I recognized him, and I thought that's the Craigslist killer. But he did such a good he and he was great in that movie. But he did such a to see someone that you recognize from a made for TV deal, yeah, to be in a big time Oscar nominated film like that's a giant leap. <laughs> well, I was watching. Oh gosh, what did we just watch the other day? The Judge. I watched The Judge last night. Okay, so when Chuck's sister from the TV show Chuck 
which I guess I really shouldn't mention because it's kind of sci-fi nerdy, regular Einstein simplified yeah, topic. If I had a buzzer, I would buzz you on yeah. that. <laughs> but she was in it at yes. the beginning as um, as the wife that, I think. At uh, the wife that left? Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Okay. She has been in several Lifetime movies. <laughs> Thank, thank you for bringing Sarah it back. Lan- yes, Sarah Lancaster. Yes, she was in one where she met a guy on like a business retreat and he ended up plotting to kill her at the end. Oh, oh she's been no. in several. She has a long resume of ah. made for TV movies. Yes, that's so funny. Well, the judge was very good. The judge was very good. And I, Robert Duvall's up for supporting actor. Oh, I hope he wins because he's like 80. Yes, he was fabulous in it first, but I thought I thought that movie didn't get enough attention. No, I don't it didn't. know if it was it, overshadowed or mm-hmm. Well, I mean it, it was a relatively small release. It yeah. um it didn't get blockbuster status. I'm not sure which studio put it out, but it's way better than you would think oh, because yeah. it didn't get the hype, you know? And like Robert, Gone Girl got the hype. Right. It's worth it. Yes. It was it's really good. Very good. I loved it. The book's good. Did you read the book? No. Oh. I understand that it's very close to the book. It's very close oh, yes. well to the book. It almost mimic. I mean, it's almost yeah. you know, verbatim. You know what I thought sucked? And pardon my, uh, but I was watching uh, maybe ABC Nightline mm-hmm. the other night. Maybe it might have been even last night. And they were interviewing the lady, Rosamund. Oh, it, uh, what's her, the, Rosamund Pike. Yeah, Rosamund Pike. Yeah. Okay. So they're, ta- they're interviewing her about Gone Girl mm-hmm. and she's nominated and she's talking about her fellow nominees and they showed a scene of her from a James Bond movie where she was fighting with Halle Berry a while back okay. and how she had a scene in Pride and Prejudice, which my wife watches on DVD every night. <laughs> so I'll have now to say, hey, look, there's Gone Girl. <laughs> <laughs> there's Crazy Amy. But they're like, now we're going to show you some part to tell you about the movie, right? Yeah. Well, on ABC Nightline, I realize it's now it's one o'clock in the morning, and I'm watching TV. But I but they showed the scene oh, that did you they wouldn't really reveal to people, and I'm pantomiming to you because I'm not even going to say it on the on the alternative Einstein Simplified podcast wow. because it's that big of a spoiler. Yes. Wow. Why that scene? Uh, because I well, they talked about who's naked and who's not in the movie yeah. and how. Um, she, they described the she, the actress said Rosamund said um, something to the effect of the director she's trying to maintain Neil Patrick Harris's uh-huh. modesty in the movie so they <laughs> described her as an elaborate codpiece. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, actually, the, the part of the description of the codpiece is the spoiler. They give away what yeah. what happens in that scene. So it was very funny. That's the comment, but the scene is 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 thrilling. Is, it's tragic. It's it exciting. Is. It's on the edge of your seat. Stuff. And it's much worse than what I could have ever imagined that scene being when I read the book. I mean, there's no way I would have if someone said, "Yeah, direct this." How would we act this out? I would never have even gone to the point where they went. Oh uh, yeah, so, oh, it's, yeah. A, it's an R-rated movie and an oh, R-rated yeah. scene, and um, but we went. My, my wife and I rented it from amazon.com mm-hmm. so we're watching it um on a saturday night but we didn't get around to starting it until like 10 okay yeah it's a two and a half hour movie it's a long movie but all right so it's over at twelve thirty, and now you're like why why i mean i thought we were gonna be tired and be able to go to sleep and get up early for church the next day mm-hmm. and we're like ah. <laughs> oh i know you have to decompress after i yes. felt the same way almost after american sniper you kind of need a minute yeah. To process. They should tell you that. Yes, what they you should saw. say. Running time, two hours and 30 minutes. Decompression time. Yeah. 
<laughs> Did, I was going to need another hour and a half to just chill. And I've heard everybody that I know that has seen American Sniper, they said um, the theater was silent really? afterwards. Yes, nobody said a word walking out. A couple people that I know that went to see it, um, everyone clapped at the end. Mm. It was either that or complete reverence silence walking out of the theater well i'm excited to see it i haven't had a yeah, chance yeah it's definitely yet. a movie theater movie somebody was telling me that they downloaded it illegally and watched it on their phone and i said that is not a phone movie <laughs> that is a big screen surround sound gripping well, your handrail movie armchair movie and that's megan jones i'm frank murphy this is the alternative einstein simplified podcast what do you watch on your phone what is an appropriate phone movie good... or phone show um something that you can listen to you don't necessarily need to look at okay um i i listen on i listen on monday mornings to like the the dateline and the 48 hours mystery that i missed over the weekend okay so i listen to that where you don't necessarily have to be watching yeah i got into listening to the serial podcast of course yeah but that's that's a listen thing as i specifically ask this because for christmas i got uh, a Blu-ray DVD set, and I don't have a Blu-ray player. Uh-huh. So right now, the only way I can watch this is by um, watching it on my phone uh-huh. using uh, Flickster. So I have a phone show, and I thought for just for comedy, I would. Uh... <laughs> a beautiful Wednesday afternoon in Gotham City. <laughs> is that Batman? Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? They just sang Batman. <laughs> Of course it's Batman. <laughs> I thought we were going to have comic characters on this show. Oh, crap. So buzz now me again. Now I have again. to find like see, it. I didn't, see, now, all right. See, I don't think of 1960s Oh, Batman. you're right. That's a little more. I think of that as, as mainstream as opposed to that, alternative. I guess I'm wrong. I mean, I'm. Could, mm, I just have never gotten into any of that. I don't know if it was that my dad wasn't into it. So maybe, you know what I mean? Like oh, my so da- my parents were. I mean, I watched. I, well, I'm your dad's age. So never mind. <laughs> oh, you're younger than my dad. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, my parents didn't like Batman either. I was just watching it when I was a kid. Yeah. And I realized the age difference. But we, okay, so there's, even though there's an age difference here, a, a generational difference here, we both did watch Saturday Night Live growing up. Oh, yeah. And they've yeah. been on there 40, 40 years now. They're celebrating yeah, their but, 40th year. Yeah, but I'm older than Saturday Night Live. I remember when it came on. I was in high school when it started. Right. So what decade do you think this is the best? Um, well, I mean, they've had highs and lows, right? you know, and I, I hadn't really thought about it in terms of, of decades. I mean, I know that they, lately it's been really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a real strong run, of course, when, in you know, 90s. Phil Hartman was on, you know, in the nineties. Um, there was another strong run in the eighties when Eddie Murphy was on. Right. Back in the seventies when I started watching it, I used to watch it and record it with a handheld tape recorder no way i would yeah i was i was set up till there's no dvrs right no and no and vcrs had just come out right they were brand new and they cost a thousand dollars yes so i would sit there with my little cassette recorder and hold the microphone up to the tv and record the show oh that's the, so just the audio funny. of it and pause it for commercials right so that i could listen back to it yeah and it got to the point where i actually even memorized a few of the routines because oh, so i was a comedy geek yeah you know, and Steve Martin would be on, mm-hmm. you know, and he would do the wild and crazy guys. And that was a talent show at school. So I was one of the wild and crazy guys. 
and then I was the I was the news anchor, you know, uh-huh. doing the uh, point uh, counterpoint. I was the okay. Dan Aykroyd to Jane. Oh, Curtin, right, right, right. That era, you know, Jane, you ignorant slut. That that part. <laughs> so, do you think when it started in the seventies, was it a big deal that it was a whole live broadcast? Where now? The whole point of something being completely live isn't such a... I mean, was that a crazy concept back then or not? Um, It was like a nostalgic throwback because a lot of people who were on Saturday Night Live behind the scenes Mm -hmm. were people who may have worked in live TV in the 50s still. Right. Because it was not, you know, it was only 20 years later. Really, live TV had only been gone Mm -hmm. for 15, 20 years at most. Okay. So... It was it was kind of like, hey, isn't this quaint? We'll do a throwback to like show of shows, Ernie Kovacs, some of that stuff that used to be on uh, back in the day. Um, and it was Saturday night. It was a, a low risk. You know, nobody right. was watching anyway. So why not? Yeah, I thought the kids have 1130 to, to one and um, whatever. Because I think they used to maybe run reruns of Johnny Carson in that Afterwards. time slot. No, in that. Before, oh, in that. Okay, before, gotcha. Before Saturday night started. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was like you'd watch Johnny, Johnny Carson be on Monday through Friday and then Saturday nights were like best of Carson. Okay, gotcha. You know, huh. so they, that was went away, whatever it was, or yeah. maybe it was midnight special concert or some other, just some generic blah. Right. So that was gone, and Saturday Night Live was kind of exciting and new and counterculture and alternative, mm-hmm. and you know, you know, George Carlin would be on there, and right, uh, all these other you know cutting edge people. Do you think they still have cutting edge people on as much, or do you think cutting edge now isn't obviously maybe what cutting edge was in the seventies? Um, you know what I've I've been impressed with it. it it's so inconsistent. Because you have a huge staff and everybody who's on the staff, the cast and the writing staff, are just fighting to get their skit on. Right. So realistically, every writer, every every um, every skit that makes it on the air might be the only submission from that person. So there's no overriding arc. There's no continuity to the show. Follow what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Like the Carol Burnett yeah. show, it was planned, scripted, recorded, edited, but it was like the same staff. That so it had the, every kind of had the same feel. Had the same feel right. to it. Gotcha. Had the same you know concepts. You know, sure. even though it was a group of writers, they all they worked collaboratively. Whereas I think on Saturday Night Live, it's almost competitively. Oh yeah, our skit has got to be better I've... than their skit because somebody's going to get cut. You know, there's they. There's a whole list of skits that get cut for time after dress rehearsal. And it's changing up until airtime. Oh, yeah. I mean, my one experience with Saturday Night Live was when I was a kid in New York in high school. I wanted to go. So my dad knew a guy who worked at NBC. And I called. I said to him, hey, can I get tickets to Saturday Night Live? And he's like, well, you're only in high school. But tell you what, I'll get you into the dress rehearsal. You know, it's the same show unless oh, yeah. things get cut. Get cut, right? So that was a huge deal for me to oh, go down awesome. to go down to New York and be in the dress, re- watch the dress rehearsal for Saturday Night Live, and then take the train home and watch, and the, then watch what you saw. Yeah, the, yeah. the same show, yeah. and I'll never forget the episode because Robert Klein was the host. It was the first time that they did. Bill Murray was relatively new in the cast. It was the first time they did the cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the first time they did. Um, there was this one where he played a lounge singer singing Star Wars, nothing but Star Wars. 
and it was maybe the first or second time they did the nerds, the Todd and Lisa Luke. Oh yeah, sketch. yeah, yeah. I mean, all these things were, were you know, brand, were, yeah. And, I'm, and we're watching them in the dress rehearsal, like they're brand new characters, just uh-huh. we've never seen them before in our lives. Oh, that's so cool. And then there was this one bit where lobsters attack New York City. Uh huh. I feel like I've seen a clip of that giant lobsters. Yeah. Attack. Okay. So I'm sitting up there, and the, I'm on the upper floor. Most of the audience is upstairs. You know, very few people are down mm-hmm. on on ground floor. So I'm on the upstairs, and there's a seat roped off next to where I am, because I'm kind of over in the you know area of people who know some you know employee section, if you will. Yeah. So Al Franken sits down next to me. I remember he's not Senator Al Franken. He's just. Al Franken, who was a writer on Saturday Night Live. And he says, he tells our whole section, okay, we're going to do this bit where lobsters are going to attack and they're going to crawl. They're going to put an image of lobsters crawling up um, the studio and we have to act like they're about to attack us. We all have to scream and wave our hands. And he says, and if you guys do it badly, it's going to get cut from the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was riding on your shoulders. Yeah. Oh, that's of course so he funny. was exaggerating somewhat, but any but because it didn't matter if the next audience sucked, it would have ruined the bit. It right. Really, but anyway, we so we played along. Then that one made the cut. Yeah, yeah. and the show that made the cut, the giant lobsters attacked New York oh, that's and so funny. Um, and attacked that section of the Studio Eight H audience. That's I remember one of my favorite skits. I remember my twin sister and I used to record Saturday Night Live on Saturday nights um, on on the VCR. Yeah. <laughs> this was probably middle school, high school. And then after church on Sunday, after we had a family lunch at the old Frisch's Big Boy, we'd come home and watch the night before Saturday Night Live. And I remember when Jim Carrey hosted for the first time and he did the lifeguard scene, the lifeguard at the hot tub. Yeah. He was lifeguarding a hot tub <laughs> and he would jump in to save people and no one's <laughs> drowning in a hot tub. I mean, it, we rewound that skit probably 20 times when we watched it for the first time <laughs> that was one of my absolute all-time hey he had favorite. already been on in living color by that point right probably so he I probably watched... didn't want to do any of those same characters from in living color right so he had to make yeah. new ones oh wow yeah but that was one of my favorites do you have a favorite host reoccurring host well steve martin was always my favorite host mm-hmm. because the back in those er- in those days you know he was practically a cast member because we right. knew when he was on you were going to see the wild and crazy guys and such and such recurring characters i liked alan alec baldwin i do too i like alec when baldwin. he was on um you know any of those guys if they're in the five-time hosting club yeah gold right now justin yes. timberlake would have to be number one john ham's pretty good okay but i mean of the, of the multiple oh, of the, of the multiple yeah okay. all right yes john ham is good john but i'm saying justin timberlake you know that's going to be fantastic yes. you'd have alec to watch baldwin. for that uh tom hanks any of those guys. Yes. You know, like, yeah, I enjoyed in. Peyton Manning when he hosted. He did great. He's going like, on the 50th, I mean, the 40th show. Oh, he is? Okay, I yeah. wasn't for sure. Yeah, I thought he did a great job. Um, I always love it. I love John Hamm when he hosts anything. He could he could host, he your, could host your wedding for yeah. dinner, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, do you take John Hamm? <laughs> and I would. Uh, yes. So, no, I'm excited about this special. That's, I mean, it's. I think it's something that we all... Whether the show's been good or bad recently, it's just kind of a part of our television fabric yeah. of America. <laughs> I like the way that midway through that sentence, you realized... <laughs> How ridiculous I was sounding is what that was. That was the soundbite. You're going for the soundbite. I bite. just love television, Frank. I just do. Well, I do too. <laughs> I, I wanted to be on it when I was a kid. I know. I did too. 
I mean, I, seriously, I, I, there's this guy who was on in California called Huel Hauser, who was actually from uh, Tennessee. He went to UT. And he was the president of the student body at UT back in the 60s or whatever. And he moves out to California and just becomes the, he's like the Ken Schwal type character right. of, was, he was on New York TV and then LA TV and then ended up at public television. Uh-huh. And he just had this show where he would talk in his Tennessee accent about things in California. <laughs> he's out in California. Oh, yeah, he's, he passed away a couple of years ago and it was tragic. Oh. because he. But his show was, it was so amazing because he would be, just have this wide-eyed wonderment of everything. Of everything, yes. One of the best episodes is when he goes to the avocado farm. Uh. Okay. <laughs> he just goes to the avocado farm and it's like, wow, look at those avocados. <laughs> And well, he's, he's from Tennessee. He probably was genuinely, he was genuinely excited. Impressed. And then, as 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 the uh, avocado farmer is showing him, yeah, well, we got these avocados, and this is how they're you know they're ripe, and sometimes they fall off the tree. And then the dog that lives there at the farm comes running up and sniffs the avocado and just starts wolfing it down. Oh, that's hilarious! And Huel Hauser goes, "Well, would you look at that? It's an avocado eating dog." <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious! That was, that was my, my other favorite episode is where he goes to the tuna canning, the tuna fish canning factory. Of course, he went to the tuna fish canning factory. Where amazed. else would you send a guy like that? Yeah, they yeah. put raw tuna in the can. Yeah, seal the can, and then, well, look at that, Louie. The cameraman, look at that, Louie. They cook the tuna right in the can. <laughs> oh, bless his heart. <laughs> Thankfully, he donated all of his archives to a college out there in uh, the Inland Empire. So you can look these oh, all up and watch them all funny. online. Now. I always wanted to be a QVC host. That's that's how I wanted to be on television. And I remember in college, I, I used to play when I was younger, like seven or eight. I used to play QVC. I'd paint my nails up and yeah. play with fake jewelry and, you know, pretend uh-huh. I was a QVC host. <laughs> and then in college, I went and toured their studios and met with a male host who was on the few hours that I was there. And he, what, what amazed me about him is that he could go from talking about toe rings, I mean, doing a whole like two hours on toe rings, and then he turned around and go talk about grills, like no, like you know, for your teeth. No, 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 no. Oh, grills uh, like cookie thought, well, grills, yeah, be. like backyard burger grills. Because that would be from the head to the foot. If he right. Really well, had yes, to, that had would those. have more of a segue. But it's just, I mean, these the way his mind worked was just. And he's still on, Rick Dolmeyer. He's still on. If you're listening, Rick, you <laughs> well, have a fan. Tag him in the. <laughs> yes, yes. So yeah, it's just something, and and I love late at night to watch QVC. It's just very soothing and relaxing. Really? Yes. Yes. I, the home shop. I can't watch the shopping channels. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh. My, maybe because I know my mother is watching them and buying. And stuff. buying. You yes. get sucked into their stories. You you get to know oh, them. Oh, I've gotten more than one Christmas gift from Shop NBC. Okay. Yeah. I've, I know I haven't gotten into that one. QVC is my. That's your go-to. That's my story. Yeah. <laughs> that's my story. Oh, how lovely. Um, yes. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I, that's how I wanted to be to contribute to the fabric of Amer- of American television. So there's no award shows for uh, shopping channels, are there? You know, I don't know. I don't know if they if there's a category. I guess the Emmys somewhere. would technically I, be you what could. they're. And you know, a lot of them started in local news. So I thought, oh, I'll go to school for journalism, broadcast yeah. journalism, and then somehow end up on QVC. End up selling toe rings on QVC. Yeah, that's a natural progression. <laughs> Covering school board. 
to Tori. It didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> well, I noticed a lot of the, the local TV folks always end up doing something different after a while. You yeah, know, a lot it, go not, into pharmaceutical sales, actually. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that happen. I've seen a lot of them go into PR. PR, yes. There's two reporters I know, uh, I mean, probably more than that, but two mm-hmm. reporters I know who are doing PR for hospitals. Yes. Uh, for Children's Hospital, one. For UT Medical Center, the other. Um, I've known some that have gone into like, um, well, for instance, it would be the TBI here, have gone to be spokespersons yeah. for, you know, one of the bureaus. Sp- one of the sportscasters is a uh, spokesman for uh, TDOT. Right, right. For transportation. So then, then somebody else went to work for the governor in um, Nashville. Somebody else ended up working for the mayor in Knoxville. So there's that career And I path. know two that have gone into the priesthood. Get out of here. Serious. Tony. Yes, he used to be a producer. Yes. Yeah, I know. Channel 8. And then, um, yeah. (laughs) Well, I don't think he knows me, but um, because I've met him a couple of times and he looks at me like, who are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was um, was a producer when I was at um, Channel 8. At Channel 8. Get out of here. Yeah. He was amazing. He was a great producer. Okay. Yeah. And then there was a sports guy here, um, Wogan. Jim Wogan. Yes. Well, he didn't join the priesthood. Well, he joined the, he joined. He's just doing PR. He got a PR job. For the diocese? Director of communications for the diocese. Okay, well. I I see him all the time now. You know what I mean, though. (laughs) I know. I didn't used to see him ever. Yeah. And now I see him regularly. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's interesting, though. The pads, you know, similar similar paths. Well, but either that or after two years, they moved to St. Louis to get on TV. (laughs) Yes, they do. I mean, seriously. (laughs) I should have gone to St. Louis. Well, I that's just where a lot of them end up going, but yeah. we've had a few that have gone to other cities as well. I just I can think of four or more that went to St. Louis. St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. A lot of news happening in St. Louis. <sighs> yeah, that is true. I, I I I feel bad. Do I unfollow them on Twitter? Because there's like two that went to Seattle and um, two or three or four people I follow on Twitter who went to St. Louis. And I'm like, I'm kind of interested in some of the things you're tweeting about. Yeah, but most of it, you're like, I have no idea what, yeah. why is this traffic back up so bad? Right. Like on Sunday mornings <laughs> when you go into the crepe place in Clayton, I'm like, yeah, cool. I've been there. Uh, that's great for me. But when you're doing your job and right. you, you know, you're tweeting about some, uh, you know, weather-related emergency. Yeah, that has nothing to do with me. There's another lady who went from Channel 10 to Denver, and I'm like, I kind of want to unfollow you. I, mean, I just feel guilty about it. Because <laughs> then you'll lose a follower. I know. It's all about the follows, Frank. <sighs> and the other thing I want to do, there's a lot, I've got a list of people in my mind who have, who just tweet Instagram links. Oh, I, I hate that. And I want to unfollow them, yes. too. If you're out there and you have a Twitter and an Instagram account, keep them separate. Yeah. And in fact, I wrote to the Fig Association yesterday on Twitter. What is that? Well, the Valley, the, the Fig Growers Association oh, of California. Oh, obviously. Yeah, they grow figs. And they said- Why wouldn't you reach out to them on the regular? They put a tweet out that said, follow us on Instagram. And I said, okay, I will, but- But, don't with a caveat. Don't give up on Twitter- and they're like, of course not. That's why we're not going to link our Facebook and I mean our Twitter and our Instagram. Look at we, the we understand Fig this. Institute being progressive. I know. And I and there's some media. of our mutual friends who now are tweeting Instagram links about comedy shows, and I'm going to write to them and say, yes. oh, would you like me to unfollow you? Because I'll follow you on Instagram. I'm not yes, going to follow you I'm on not, both. Yes. Unless you put content on I'm both. I'm not going to. You are not a dual follower. I mean, I will follow them on both if they put interesting things on both. Right. Which or, do you prefer, Instagram or Twitter? Twitter. I prefer the Twitter. I'm all about the Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You can follow both of us on Twitter if you'd like. Oh, Megan, Uh, at Meg Topper Ten and Frank at Frank Murphy Com. 
And yes. of course, Einstein Simplified is at EinsteinImprov.com. And you can find us on the internet at EinsteinSimplified.com, which I hope you know because you might be listening to this. this is the Einstein Simplified Alternative <laughs> Podcast. Hopefully you haven't turned it off yet. We got the Facebook. We got the Twitter. And we'll be participating in the Gatlinburg Improv Fest, which is also on Facebook and Twitter. That's March 6th and 7th. Is that right? 6th yes. and 7th? Or, yeah. And we will be there that Friday night at... Uh, 8 8 o'clock show and the Saturday night at 10 o'clock show. But I recommend that you come and take a class during the day at the uh, Gatlinburg Improv Fest just for personal development. You'll learn about acting, but the rules of improv are such that they just will help you in life. So that's a good thing. And then come see us every Tuesday night. Scruffy City Hall, 8.15 is showtime. It's a free admission show. We pass the tip jar at the end. Yes. So there you go. And you can get new podcasts every Monday. Yes, yes, at EinsteinSimplified.com, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever you normally go. We'll be back go. to our regularly scheduled podcast right. next week. The non-alternative <laughs> podcast will be back in the future where they'll talk about comic books and, and furries and <laughs> drop the F-bomb and do all the things that you normally would have <laughs> in an Einstein Simplified podcast. In an Einstein podcast. Simplified podcast. <laughs> so for the Einstein Simplified alternative podcast. <laughs> I'm Megan Jones. And I'm Frank Murphy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.